Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Swinski. And I'm ex-ambassador Bartek. Former ambassador of Unappreciated Masterpieces Bartek. He got dethroned. Yes, I'm exiled. By me, I was the, I'm the chancellor. You just had to go to the Unappreciated Nations and <laughs> dethrone or exile me. Yeah, exile. There's, with exile, there's a chance you could come back. That's excommunication. Oh, with exile, you can't come back? I mean, Can they you, not take exile back? I, I think exile is. I, I don't know about. I don't know about backseas, Ryan. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm the chancellor. I say that you can come back if I want. If you've been a good boy, Bartek, in this episode with no eggs on face, you can come back. All right, I'll worry. If not, it's just a diplomat. Right. Okay. All right. So on this show, I appreciate masterpieces with your lovable hosts, myself and Bartek. Uh, we do the feature-length audio commentaries for the movies that seemingly don't deserve it. This month, we've been covering the genre that seemingly doesn't deserve conversation, which is the adaptations of video games into the feature-length films. And we, you know, we go in depth. We, we, we try and approach these with a positive attitude because it's so easy to be a sellout hack and get all the clicks in the world for being like, oh yeah, Batman v Superman sucks, or Super Mario Brothers, her worst film ever. But it takes a lot more balls and guts and spirit to say, hey, how about we give a polite conversation, a reasonable discussion, and a positive outlook to a film that hasn't gotten any of those things before, really. You know, I think that's that's really what we're all about here at Spam Polish. This whole time I was just thinking, like, what if they made a Batman versus Luigi film? Who would play Batman? Because uh, John Bob... Leguizamo still has to be Luigi. Well, Bob Hoskins. <laughs> no, he's dead. I know. No, but, oh, wait, but, no, no. For, for... Oh, Ron Jeremy. No, no he played Squeegee, I'm sorry. Squeegee? Oh, right. So, no, as Batman, I would I would cast uh, uh, Val Kilmer. Just give him another shot. <laughs> he could play old man Batman. So, we do the feature-length audio commentaries, like mentioned, for films. This month, we're doing video uh, adaptations of video games. You know, we have previously covered Doom, Doom with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Last week, we covered the emotional film Max Payne with Marky Mark, and not the Funky Bunch, but the Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. And, well, this, this week, we have to cover another one. Another popular video game that's been made into a not-so-popular film. Hmm. What could that be, Bartek? Well, man, I'm going to hit you with the answer. Hit me with it. I'm not going to hit you. Okay, don't. It was, it was a... What's it called? It's a, it's a figure of speech. Oh, I... Oh, good. Yes, I'm not going to hit a man. The film that we are doing today is Hitman. Hitman. Hitman, Hitman, It's Hitman. another one where I just put an accent on it. Hitman. Oh, you put an accent on it. Okay, so if I say it with a normal, my normal accent, I could get it easy. Is that what you're saying? Because there's no Polish equivalent of this because we're spitting Polish likingly because we're always spitting, we're both Polish. The whole thing is you speak Polish, I don't speak Polish, you say the name of the film in Polish and I'm like, oh, I don't know it, how embarrassing. And then, you know, this is not one of those. These are just, you're putting on a... European accent for it, and I could just easily say it with my accent and nail it. Okay, so hit me again with it. Bang! Hitaman. Hitaman, Hitaman, Hitaman. So if I translate... Hitmonchan. Hitmonchan. 
<laughs> so what we are we finally covering mortal Kombat? Mm-hmm. i knew it <laughs> no just kidding we're not oh i just wanted you to make you feel like you got it right in the first go oh what are we covering then well ryan in our first episode we covered movie about game where you shoot Mm-hmm. in our second episode we covered movie about game where you shoot in slow motion yeah we did today we are covering movie about game where you shoot but don't let anyone catch you oh stealthy shoot stealthy shoot yes <laughs> oh my god are we watching stealthy shoot my favorite <laughs> starring everyone's favorite actors stealthy shoot the feature film Yes, we are doing Call of Duty. Nah, I'm just kidding, guys. We're doing Hitman. Hitman? Not Agent 47, but the main character is Agent 47. Hitman from 2007? No, no, it's Agent 47. Oh, fuck. He's the main character. No, but the film was made in 2007. I mean, his his distant relative might be 2007. Okay, yeah, yeah, you got me there. I mean, it's the movie Hitman from the year 2007. Oh, I fucking should have realised that. Oh. Yeah, you should have made Not it from, up. like, the 2000... What was it? 15, 16? 15, 16. Oh, no, we're doing the original Hitman movie based on the amazing Hitman games, which I have not played. Me neither. I know some So people, it's guess, good that, that we didn't have a guest organised for this episode that did know the Hitman games. It's good that... I think it's really brave of us as two people who have never played the game or barely have any knowledge of them other than stealthy shoot <laughs> for us to give an in-depth commentary track on why this film rocks as an adaptation of a video game we haven't played Ryan I've got us covered when I was 15 a friend of mine told me about a level from one of the games fuck well I've watched um, zero punctuations reviews of some before we I did, did too, this so. I did too oh good yeah. good we, we can comment about how his comments are, are relevant to certain scenes there we go that's because you know that's what that's what being uh, uh, I guess we are critics online um, we just reference other critics online so if we chuck in a red letter media reference in here we're gonna be solid gold do we have a skit ready no oh we're not that well prepared <laughs> <laughs> fuck off so guys you have to get your copy of Hitman from 2007 uh, ready because we are going to do... I'm going to do a countdown and when I say play, you're going to press play and we're going to be watching this in sync with one another. We're going to be talking about the film in depth. We're not going to be... Uh, well, unlike Hitman, we're not going to do some elaborate trapezing act to kill you. We're just going to aim the gun of knowledge and information and shoot it into your ears. Hmm. Right? We're also not bald. Oh, they don't know that. I'm telling them we're not, though. But you could be a liar. I guess I could be, but I promise I'm telling the truth. Well, that's okay then. <laughs> in a film about, in a film about a criminal organization that breeds super soldiers, there are no lies. <laughs> so get your copy ready, because we're going to do this in three, two, two, one, play. There we go. Two seconds in, people. No. Three seconds. You four said, seconds. You said five two seconds, seconds in when six, 20th Century seven, Fox turned up, and I'm like, no, eight. that's 20. Oh, I get it. No, that's Disney. <laughs> 20th Century Disney? Ah, uh, Hitman, Agent 47, is now a Disney princess. How does that make you feel? Is he? Well, Fox is now owned by Disney. Oh, yeah, that is true. Everything's now owned by Disney. <laughs> We're owned by... Hey, Disney, if you were to own us, you can... 
Now, fun fact before we even get started with the movie, I looked up a piece of trivia for this film that I find very interesting. Now, I don't know if the trivia is 100% accurate because I looked at it on the Hitman Film 2007 wiki page, Mm -hmm. which was... uh, the trivia was all this behind the scene, like all this uh, no, old. When you're sc- saying that, you're talking about Wikipedia or the Hitman Wiki. Hitman Wiki. Okay. It was uh, these scenes of them getting their tattoos or whatever, other than like the insert hand shot uh, mm. from a TV show. I did read that. Yeah. Because you could also tell because they're doing it like on the back of their necks more than their heads. Um, yeah. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, it was like um, it was a TV show that had basically the same backstories. Yeah, I think it was like something like Dark Angel or something. Yeah, like bre- bred as children to be assassins. Assassins. It has. It has two asses. Oh, oh ass. No ass. Ryan, maybe in the future we'll do a film about two asses. Yeah, you know it's really great. We know the next film we're covering, and we probably mentioned it. And we probably mentioned it, but now you've referenced the fact that all of our movies thus far have been was it shooting in space, shooting in slow mo. This one's shoot stealthy shoot, and the next one's a bit different. It's stabby. Yeah, stabby. (laughs) We're doing stabby as the next film, but this film, Hitman, really well, really, really goes off. Starts out with a big hit, which is you think that this movie about assassinations and murder and you know violence with guns and all this kind of stuff would would start off with a big dramatic opener but you know what it does it flips that expectation around because it starts with a really quiet serene beginning where it, it tells plays Ave Maria yeah where yes it does where it tells the story visually of the backstory of our hero Mm-hmm. A hero being a loose term. You know, um, thanks Skip's wo- Skip Woods for being a part of this movie. I will go through the woods. I won't skip them. And I really like the fact that this film did this, where, where it was slow and well-paced out, and it just told the backstory in a visual way, because film is about showing, not telling. I mean, not always, because this film is telling us stuff with words, but... Every now and then, it will stop to let visual storytelling be the key to the scene. And I just think, bravo. 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 And if you have to give it a rating? Bravo out of bravo. Ah. I have to remember that for the end. <laughs> yeah. And then say it like it's a new thing that I didn't mention before. I really like the fact that I thought that this was the hitman, like, coming to his own house. And then I saw he had hair. And I'm like, that's not hitman. At all. The one thing I know about the Hitman games is he's a bold clone assassin. And that's basically it. Like, I kind of didn't really know much else. Like, I didn't really realize that the Hitman games are kind of like the mousetrap of assassin games where you have to do elaborate things to kill people. I have heard that it's a game series where you can do it in many different ways. Like, you could just kill them you could just like make it really plain like oh step in shoot run or you can like look around the level to find something uh, elaborate to do it with i like i know i i alluded earlier that a friend of mine played the game and told me about one of the levels yeah um he told me that the level was that um i think you were killing an actor or something you're killing someone on a stage yeah during a performance 
and obviously the audience would think that it was all a play, but you were actually interrogating him and then killing him at the end. Ah, that's cute. Yeah. Yeah, cute. There we go. (laughs) Hitman games are cute. (laughs) They are. Look at him. Just look at his tie. Would you rub his head? You know, he does have a very pleasant, bold head. You know what I mean? Like, his head is very pleasant to look at. Mm. Like, you can tell it's shaved, which I was under the understanding because he's a... I mean, they don't go into his backstory in this film because apparently the director wanted to leave that for a sequel. Yeah. But that he's a clone... They're clones, right? Like, they're not just... In this film, they kind of say, no, they're picked out from birth as orphans and raised in the super soldier kind of way uh but in the games he's a clone yeah they're all like clones so he's naturally bold but in this you could tell because he's an actor he's shaved his head bold because you can see that's you know five o'clock head shadow i guess yeah uh wasn't this a great start to the film where you get to see like nice times in you know africa and they're just cutting off arms and stuff it's a lot more real than black panther Oh, ooh, take, take that, take that Marvel, which is also owned by Disney. Yeah. So really, Disney could, owns both. Oh now, my god, they? this is in Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, dog! You really let the jungle out of the cage now. Uh, you know, I really like this opening set piece here, in which the hitman has put a bomb in his throat. You know, to kill all of them. Because it's what an interesting... It feels like a video game way of doing it. Mm. If I had to have one complaint about this entire film was I felt like they should have done more elaborate mousetrap-style deaths in the film. Yeah, That's like my only Rube complaint. Goldberg kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. you know, where... where I mean, he kind of does do it to a certain character at the end, which we don't even know if they die or not. Uh, you know... But again, you know, this film is pretty much a, it's a perfect, you know, it's a pretty perfect film for a video game adaptation considering we haven't played the game, but it makes me want to play the game, which is really what these movies are. Like movies for really adaptations, a lot of times of video games, comic books are really just kind of, let's be honest, advertisements for the property and it works. It makes me want to buy the game and and shove a... I guess a bomb that looks like uh, an egg down someone's throat. I know that the place where I buy most of my games, they do have a Hitman HD collection for PS3. Oh, nice. And I had considered buying it at some point, but then I heard that, like, apparently the first game isn't there. It's, like, the second, third, and fourth. So I was like, oh... Is the first game not good, I guess? I don't know. Apparently it was on PC only or something. Really? I I don't know. I mean, thinking back on it now, I kind of... I don't know how connected the stories would be, so I... uh, You know, I guess it's a story about a man just trying to grow one follicle of hair on his head. (laughs) Wouldn't that be the greatest twist of them all, that that's what the games are actually about? He's killing people to see if they can make him a good wig? You know, when you were talking about the whole Rube Goldberg machine, it reminded me that I have played a game that's sort of like the opposite of Hitman. And I, I did mention it once on the show like a yeah, year ago. Yeah, it's called GTA. It's... <laughs> no, GTA is like what we said earlier where you just run in and shoot. Yeah, isn't that of. the opposite of Hitman? Well, no, the opposite of... <laughs> no the... stealthy, all shooty. No, the opposite of the Rube Goldberg machine, what I was alluding to, is the game I was playing called Ghost Trick. So it's a DS game. Okay. Um, oh, look, they killed someone in Broome in Australia. That's nice. 
in Broome? Yeah, there's a town called Broome. In, in, in what, like Western Australia? Yeah, Western Australia. I don't know anything about Western Australia except Perth. Well, now you know that Hitman has killed someone in Broome. I've taught you a lesson. Oh, it didn't come to Melbourne. Good. No one worth killing in no, Melbourne. In, in, in the film's defence, it didn't show us the full map where we got to see the bottom half of Australia, so he could have killed someone in Melbourne. We just didn't see it. Yep. Um, so Ghost Trick, basically you're a dead body who can travel back four minutes before any dead body's death and oh. find out how they died. And you can also manipulate things in the environment. So you have to... And everyone in the game who dies, dies in some really bizarre way where a bunch of things go wrong and you have to somehow save them and stop them from Okay, death. can I guess which episode you brought this up in before? Yes, I think I know which one it is. Was it Baby's Day Out? Because it no. sounds like the Baby's Day Out game that you talked about in our episode of Baby's Day Out. No, but Where that you is play a as a ghost body thing to save a baby. It was it was an episode that was somewhere around Pan. That's what I remember. Because I remember it was earlier Pan last Pan. year. So, did you think that this um, woman was ever going to come back? Like that blonde woman who just randomly entered the scene to have a conversation with him about ice? Well, at this point, the film could have been about anything. So, you know, there was always hope like, oh, have we have we met our, our lead actress? Are we going to <laughs> fall in love with her and things like that? No. No. Maybe that maybe that couple there is the main no. couple? No. No, you're wrong. No. Was the ice important? Yes. Yes, it was. Yes, there is ice later in the film. He does get the guns from there, so that's mm-hmm. set up and pay off. I like these things, the... The balls that he drops on the ground, I feel like that's very the video game. Ryan likes balls. On the ground, though. On when you ground. drop them on the ground. <laughs> Your balls, when you drop them on the ground. No, I... I'll be honest. My history with this movie, haven't seen it until I haven't do it for this show. Really yeah, loved it. Uh, like I said, haven't played the games, but here's my history with the games. I've never played them. I've never known anyone who's owned them, and if I have, they've never mentioned them as a ga- as a series of games that are like... You know, when people own games, they mention the games that they like. Like, you mentioned that you like the, you talk about the GTA games or or when we're talking about old school games like Crash Bandicoot or whatever, right? Yeah. Never hear, I've never heard anyone myself talk about the, the Hitman games. Not saying that I didn't know anyone who owned them, just I never knew anyone who admitted to loving them in such a way where they would talk about them. I always wanted one of the... Hit, I've always wanted to own a Hitman game. But I never wanted it enough. Like, when it was always like... My parents didn't really care about the violence of video games and and Mm. all that. But when it was always like, Hey, Ryan, what game do you want? It was never like, Oh, yeah, really want Hitman. Yeah, It was always something else. It's always somewhere lower on the line. Something else. And really, you do that thing when you look back and you're like... Maybe Hitman would have been a better choice than... The first Crash Bandicoot game on um, PlayStation 2. Oh, Wrath of Cortex. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it would have been a better choice to have a Hitman game than that game. Let's buy the HD collection and play it together. Yeah. You play as Hitman and I play as the chick who's been in Max Payne and, <laughs> and Vampire Academy. Well, apparently this doesn't have much to do with it. No, no she's kind of like semi-based on a character. Every, every time one of us swears, we change player. <laughs> That'll be our challenge. Not my turn. And then you say it again. I'm like, shit. I said every time someone swears, he's your turn again. And I just never swear again. And you're like, you're a good boy, so you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just finished the game. Um, 
I just mentioned, and I mentioned this in our last episode on Max Payne, that there was a certain actress that was going to be coming back from that film in this one. Mm-hmm. And that was... Uh, Olga something, something, something. Olga, European name, insert here, who was in Max Payne as a very, very minor role as, like, the sister to Mila Kunis, who gets murdered. Yeah, important and, but minor. And then Vampire Academy... She is the headmistress of Vampire Academy who likes to sedate young girls with drugs That's for no right, apparent reason. Yeah. Uh, now, oh, we thought she was Asian, that film, right? I never said that. Oh, I did. Our guest, our guest at the time said she's drunk, and I just said, no, she's Russian. Um, here's the thing about her. I watched this film with my girlfriend last night, and she said, oh, she didn't know when this film came out. She went, Oh, so she's been promoted since Max Payne because she's like the lead chick in this. And yeah. I went, no, this is before Max Payne. And then my girlfriend just sighed and went, so she got demoted, huh? Yeah, we've been going backwards in her career. Yeah. Just like Stephen Root. Root. We'll get to the point where she's a fetus, just like Stephen Root. And it's weird because we'll be watching the same film where they're both a fetus. I don't know what film that will be. But... We've got to get into her Russian filmography. I hope that she has some Russian filmography. I think she does. Great. Mm. But also this film, much like Max Payne, has an actor in it that was in Prison Break. Not the same actor, but just another one. Who was it? Uh, Robert Knepper. I think the case science Robert Knepper. Okay. Um, he plays the, ag- the agent with the Russian accent, Yuri M something. What, the head of the Russian police? Yeah, yeah, him. He, the guy who gets in, he's in the bathtub. At the yeah, the, the one who looks like a sleazy, yeah, and in prison, slimy Russian. Yeah, and in Prison Break, he plays the pedophile. Oh, Oh, good. Yeah. Was he the one recently who got in trouble? There were some allegations put against him, I think. Oh, yeah. wow. I mean, just look at him. Yeah. T-Bag's <laughs> his character's name. T-Bag. Great name. Because his name is Theodore Bagwell. <laughs> That's not a real name. <laughs> well, That's break. not a real fucking name. <laughs> you know sometimes when you, you watch things... break names? You know sometimes when you watch movies or shows or books or when you read a book or something, there's just a name that never would exist in the real world, but they want to have a name like, you know, like... I, like I that. Had, like that Theodore with... Bagwell. Fuck off. It's like it's like James Bond level it's of like they, fictional they came names. Up with, they came up like with the nickname Pussy first, Galore yeah. or... Fuck off. Neville Longbottom. Yeah, I also hate J.K. Rowling. I've mentioned this before on the show. Name your fucking characters with some fucking realism, okay? Like, yeah, you're pushing it with fucking Neville Longbottom, but then when you come to me and say, oh, yeah, this reporter's name's Rita Skeeter, fuck off. Like, I'm I always sick of this. I'm sick of you, J.K. With, with Harry Potter, I've always found it weird fuck that off. there's never any jokes about it. No, like, no, the no. character's last name is Longbottom. <laughs> I guess in that wizard world, bottoms aren't a form of joke. You know, but making... It's uh, so normal now that when people talk about him these days, like, oh yeah, Neville Longbottom got hot. Yeah. Is it? Hey, I'm not a Harry Potter expert, but did World War Two still happen? I would assume Because where so. were they when the Nazis were happening? Uh, because I know they don't get involved. They're fighting wizard World War Two. I don't But know. did the wizards have Nazis? Because Maybe. I know Voldemort's basically an allegory for Nazis. Probably. Um... Yeah, Probably well, the, the, the Death Eaters, yeah. Um, I would imagine that there were maybe German wizards. I don't know. They'd never talk about it. Do you ever get annoyed with Harry? I know we're going away from the movie, but do you ever get annoyed we're with Harry? A lot, yeah. Do you, do you ever get 
annoyed with like certain authors like in, in films and whatever like Harry Potter where you're like oh look at the Malfoys they're clearly like Aryans and you're just like yeah what's the point like like don't you like like can't you just do that in the characters like no they've got to be the white blonde haired blue eyed specimens it's like we get it the the Aryans the Aryans or whatever it's like we get it I just get sick of it. It's like like building upon how evil they are. Or yes, yes. Mm. It's like it's like you know, like in this film, you get like uh, you know, you get the the evil guy, the evil monster behind the entire thing is just an average-looking, mild-mannered, schlubby Russian guy politician. And I kind of appreciate that because he could look like the head of the KGB or yeah. whatever they're called here. What are they called? Like the F- FBS or something? FBS. Uh, you know, they could look like him, right? With the chiseled, FSB, like with the with the angular face and the really sharp looking cheekbones and the, you know, bulgy eyes and all that and slicked hair. But no, no, in this film, they just have a guy. He's yeah. just like, hello, I'm a guy. Yeah. That thing you said you're annoyed with works a lot better in comedic stuff like in... Um the film Dudley do right yeah 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 yeah. like yeah. it's really exaggerated that's where it works really well also with stuff like Dudley do right and all those old school things they were just like yeah look Nazis <laughs> Nazis 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 uh you know <laughs> uh like yeah like Avengers of Rocky and Bullwinkle where it's like if you look me in the eye and oh, say Bo- fearless Boris leader Badenov. if you look me in the eye and say fearless leader isn't supposed to be a Nazi <laughs> And Stalin, which is a weird combination. <laughs> Nazi Stalin. Ryan, the stormtroopers in Star Wars were unique. Well, yes. I like the 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 other ones, the Emperor's Elite Guard. They're all dressed in red. What's, what's this from? Star Wars. Yeah, but which one? The, all of them? Emperor's Elite Guards? Yes. Are you talking about... I guess Return of the Jedi and the prequels and the, the newest one. Were they red ones? Yeah. They have the really cool helmets. Yeah, it's like the Emperor's Elite Guards and they're just like, what are they supposed to be? What kind of Nazi outfit were they supposed to represent? It's like, no, they're just their own creation. See? Nailed it there, Star Wars. But what did Harry Potter do? Yes. Nothing. Oh, that's the pedophile. Good. Well, right, he plays one. He's oh, sorry, he plays <laughs> Theodore I'm not, Bagwell. I'm not a pedophile, I just play one on TV. Theodore Bagwell. <laughs> was, okay, I've never watched an episode of Prison Break. Was he Prison has, Break supposed to be taken a, seriously? Yes. He has a sleazy southern, a sleazy southern accent. So yeah, I was going to say, like... Funny scene with the Russian one. I didn't think that he was Russian in this film. I felt like he had the least convincing Russian accent. But then I'm very bad with accents because there's been films where there are certain characters that are like, I'm supposed to be Australian. I'm like, yeah, sure, sure. And then I look them up. It's like, oh, they are Australian. <laughs> oh, I'm the idiot. Yeah. Um, I did that with Sharknado where it's like this one character is like, yeah, I'm, I'm Australian. I love Vegemite, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, this sounds so fake. And then I looked up and was like, no, he's from Tasmania. He had, he had a fine, like, movie Russian accent, I guess. It wasn't mine. It wasn't mine. It wasn't as good as Fearless Leader. <laughs> yeah, he talked more like this in Prison Break. <laughs> His name was Theodore Bagwell. I don't give a fuck. How could you sit down? Okay, come on, come on. You gotta look me in the eye and say you didn't take that seriously when they're like, his name's Teabag because his name's Theodore Bagwell. That you couldn't have taken that seriously. I was young when I watched it, Ryan. 
That means, well, I don't even understand what that means. If you were younger, you realize it was funnier even more so. I probably laughed at it, but he was a, he was around the whole way through. Like, spoiler, he doesn't die at any point, so you get used to it. Well, him. I'm glad Theodore Bagwell. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking The weird. pedophile? We don't know if he lives in this movie, though. Yeah, it's it's a cliffhanger. He could come back as, like, Darth Vader, like, completely scorched in a metal suit, and the organization found him. Or maybe he lost his memory and accent, and then he was sent to a prison, and they told him, your name's Theodore Bagwell. And he's like, oh god, what a terrible name, can I please have something else? T-Bag will be what you're called. And he's like, no! And then he develops the sleazy... Th- Sleazy southern accent. I never didn't think that was a tongue twister, but I guess it is. Your tongue got twisted so hard it came back around and got it correctly. <laughs> so here's something I want to say. I, I already want to talk about my favorite scene in the movie. Tell me about your favorite scene in the movie. I I love this scene. I I, I don't know if you do, but my favorite scene in the entire movie is old hitman, the old bolt, the older. Hitman sent from the organization that tries to kill him in the train station, and and the our Hitman, Agent Forty Seven, he he shoots him a couple of times, and then he has to go deal with other Hitmen, and he goes, wait here, and then just shoots him in the spine, and walks away, and I just was like, that's such a video game cutscene moment, and I kind of enjoyed it, like like just the sheer nature of it. And then I kind of like, I also like the scene a bit later where he comes back to interrogate him because he's like, he's clearly going to interrogate him and the guy just says one thing which is, you think this is over? This is just the beginning. And then we never see any of the hitmen until the final scene. Hmm. <laughs> one thing I... They're gone for like an hour. <laughs> one thing I do appreciate about this film is that there's just action all throughout. I appreciated that too. It's kind of like Mad Max. Fury yeah. Road. More action than car chases, which I appreciate because I don't mind car chases in films. I mean, if it's Mad Max, well, you got to appreciate it. But it's like, this film didn't really have many car chases. It was all just shooty, shooty. Well, I was more thinking in comparison to, say, Doom and Max Payne, where they, they kind of left their action more to... The wayside. Yeah, to the wayside, whereas this film it had more going on. Yeah. I mean, Max Payne, I enjoyed its action when it did it more, just because it was so stylized. It felt like this is from the video game kind of style. Like I said, I feel like this could have had more Rube Goldberg machine, kind of like, yeah, like, like this, he trips this wire and it sets off this and a bird flies by and, and then that bird, you know, hits something and then like on and on it goes and all it does is just electrocute the guy. <laughs> but I was like... Was the this big fat bold like this not bold this big fat blonde Russian guy was he one of your favorite characters? Oh, like the police. Yeah, this guy. I did like him a lot because he seemed like he was stuck between two worlds of I want to help you, but I do have superiors that I have to you know uh, adhere to. One of my favorite trivia points is everything that they're doing in this movie as Interpol agents is not what they do as Interpol agents. <laughs> they're, so they're movie Interpol agents. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I know nothing about Interpol other than they're supposed to be the big dogs when things go down. They're, and like, are the international they? ones? Yeah. Yeah, and you know, especially yeah, in Europe, you know, because that's where they exist. Yeah. They only exist in Europe, right? I th- well, I believe they're based in Europe. Yeah. 
Don't they work all around the world? You always just see them in... This is such a video game moment where he face the black and then he's just walking out. Like That's like such a like a GTA moment. It's like masking a loading screen. Yeah, exactly. To change, because he needs he's to change changed his model. outfit. Yeah, he needs yeah. to change his model. It's like in San Andreas. Yeah, no. Uh, what, I was, what was I talking about? What were we talking about? We were just talking video about... Video game moments. Uh, Interpol. Oh, yeah, Interpol. I always think of, like, in the Muppets Most Wanted movie, and it's like, the Interpol agency is all, like, we're French, and we only deal with, like, art theft. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> and they have to get the CIA to come over to deal with shit. I... Ooh, he put it in his pocket. Naughty, naughty. Uh, oh, God, sorry. Theodore Bagwell just walked into the <laughs> screen, and I just can't stop looking at him and thinking, you know what? The more I make fun of his name in that show, Prison Break, being called Theodore Bagwell, unfortunately, my argument's getting weaker and weaker because every time I look at him, he does look like a Theodore Bagwell. (laughs) (laughs) In the first Look at him. Look at him. Doesn't he look like a Theodore Bagwell to you? Well, he's perfect casting then. This is after Prison Break, yeah? Or during? I think it's during? Oh, he had enough time to be Theodore Bagwell and evil Russian guy? Yeah, in in 2009, the fourth season was airing, so this would be, like, in the middle, I reckon. Didn't it get cancelled and they brought it back? No, it ended, but they're re... They're, they're retconning the, I think they're retconning the ending and making a fifth season I like with Prison Break that the name is completely perfunctory because it's like do they escape from the prison they escape from two prisons throughout this show yeah it was like what's the point isn't there like whole seasons of them not in prison two and four there you go so wait is it first season they break out of, second and season yeah. and then at the end they're they get the caught in the and then third season, season they're is, in again, they're and then in they a, break out for the yeah, fourth they're in season. Like a South American prison, then the fourth season they're out and doing something else. What were their crimes? Um, so the main plot of Prison Break is that um, the main character Michael Schofield, his brother, got in trouble with some conspiracy that said he killed this important politician. No, who wasn't even dead at the time. No, um, and he was going on death. Just like row. this movie. And Michael Schofield, the main character, played by Wentworth Miller. Is a real name, Mano. <laughs> sounds like such a real name. <laughs> not, no, not again. A, a name an author would make up. Go on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's he's this guy who he. I guess in retrospect, he played it sort of autistic in a way because he like scowled a lot and. Yeah, when I think autism, much. I think scowls. Well, on the spectrum. Look. Anyway, he. <laughs> He does a crime to get into the prison, and his plan uh, is that he's going to break his out brother, his brother. Yeah. Because they put brothers in the same prisons. Well, his brother was, like, death row inmate, and he was just, like, normal Was he inmate. the dumb one that got a ta- the tattoos of how to get he out got, of prison on his he, body? Yeah, he had this really complex multi-part tattoo all over his body, and, like, if you... And, like, he knows what it all means. It's technically a map of the prison yeah. and all the elements of his plan. Which really would have served well in the later seasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he removes it at one point, too. Oh, he, that's easy! That's easy! Lasers and acid! Yeah, when he's done with everything. Like, the only person that really finds out on their own about it is one of the guys in, like, the mental ward. But can I ask you an important question, Bartek, that yes. has nothing to do with the prison break? Mm-hmm. I didn't even tell you Theodore Bagwell's crime. I don't... He was a pedophile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't need to guess, but if I did, he touched and had sex with kids, probably. I don't know about sex, but he definitely did bad stuff. His name's Teabag. Uh, I wanted to ask you the important question of um, our, our lead actors here. Mm-hmm. 
What's the reason that their characters fall in love? I guess it's one of those... Well, I mean, I, I assume you're asking about a specific moment. Yeah, sure. But... Because I was just going to say, like, oh, it happens in a lot of films. Like, this sort of stop, not necessarily Stockholm Syndrome thing where mm. they just spend so much time together that they get more attached to each other, I guess. Yeah, that's a relationship for you. It's like us. It's like a parasite. Yeah. So We're, we're a parasite? We're parasites for each other. Oh. So, but... No yeah. wonder I'm funny. But what's the thing that makes them the flames start for these two star-crossed lovers? Do you remember? Do I remember? I will admit, audience, that I did watch this film two days ahead of this recording and because I was just so excited for it. Yeah, yeah. And then I was forced by friends... Uh, by forced? Th- They're by, like, gun to his head. You're forced to come of, with us to I was to literally going to say by threat of death because one of them did threaten me. Good. Take my ticket or die, he said. And that's what friends are for. To see Black Panther, which I've already said... Bartek's star rating would be, what, two out of five for that? Yeah, we'll give it, like, two and one-tenth. Good. Pretty nice. Um, Ryan, you're going to have to lay it on me. Well, it's what because is... she has a tattoo on her head, and he has a tattoo on his head. Oh, they connect. Look, it just happened. Why did you tattoo your face? Her answer makes no sense to me, because it's the only place I knew Belikov wouldn't hit me. I guess he likes dragons. But, like, why would you get a tattoo? Like, I don't understand. So, so if she got a tattoo somewhere else, he would hit her there? Uh, like... I, I guess the idea is that if she got it somewhere where she'd be hit, it would be bruised and it wouldn't stand out. I guess. Yeah. But Bartek, he has a tattoo on his head. She has a tattoo on her face. That's enough, man, to get the sparks flying. They could, they could rub their tattoos together. The amount of times people have had tattoos on their... I mean, look... If, if 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 he went to New Zealand, he would be in love with a certain amount of people there, <laughs> with facial tattoos and head tattoos. He'll be, you know, like he might discover some some feelings. Well, his if, arc if, throughout if, the movie involves him getting stronger it, emotions. I guess it does involve him gaining emotions, which is so unusual for films. So do you about? Strong, silent, emotionless killers. So is the way to his heart to have a tattoo somewhere on your cranium? Yeah. I don't know if that's a part of the games where he falls in love with women who have tattoos on their faces. I doubt it, but maybe. No, I think it sounds like a thing a video game would do. Ryan, I was lying about the stealth action. That's the plot of the game. Oh, I know. It's a dating series. Oh, this was one of my favorite moments too. He hits on them. (laughs) You get it? It's a dating sim. Yeah. <laughs> Hitman. <laughs> he still looks like how he does with the tattoos and everything and guns. The first game is like the movie Hitch. That's why it's not on the HD collection. Oh, and he's Kevin James? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and who's Will Smith in the games? Um, Will Smith. I guess. <laughs> he yeah. wasn't doing much in the that 2000 and whatever. He was doing a lot. He's never stopped, really. He's like Men in Black 2. Yeah. Man, I can't wait to do Bright. Yeah. <laughs> Where I get to play a racist cop. Maybe he just thought, like, you know, I'm so in the game, so ready to do Hitch, I can do it again. You know what they say? Fairy lives don't matter. That's a real quote from from Bright, by the way. Mm. Which one's Bright? The one where it's set in a fantasy world and it's about, like, an orc cop and Will Smith. 
and people are racist against orcs, including Will Smith. I don't think I've heard of this one. It's on. It's a big Netflix movie, uh, and uh, the orc is played oddly enough by Joel Edgerton, an actor who has credentials and credibility. And it has. It's written by. It's written and directed by David Ayer, whose last film was Suicide Squad. And it's basically a remake of Training Day with Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke, but instead of Denzel Washington, it's Will Smith. Okay. <laughs> and instead of Ethan Hawke, it's John Edgerton as an orc. So Ryan, for our listening people at home who may or may not have played the game series, what is this movie about? What is the plot? Well, that's a good question. It's about a a, a politician going to be the president of Russia? Mm-hmm. Or is the president of Russia? Couldn't remember if they made that clear, if he was going to be, yeah, or if he, he was already and he was going to be re-elected. He is of Russia. A minister of Russia, who might be president soon, uh, organises the assassination of himself by... Contacting the organization, which is a secret organization, get it? That genetically, like, oh, I guess, raises killers, uh, and one of them is our lead character, Agent 47, to, he, he's a perfect shot, he's a master criminal, he's a master assassin. He assassinates Belikov, this, you know, the president, soon-to-be president of Russia, and then, wouldn't you know it, the organization turns against him for some reason uh, and tries to kill the hitman. And the hitman has to survive and find out what the real story is. Because wouldn't you know it, Belikov's alive, but he shot him right in the fucking face. He's alive somehow. How can it be? Maybe a double's involved. Maybe cloning. Who knows? You swore, Ryan, so it's my turn. <laughs> right. I jumped off the rail. Good, good job. This is this is just an NPC. This is a cutscene. No, this is me. It's co-op. Oh, it's co-op. Then <laughs> it's still your turn then. Oh uh, fuck! Okay, you now you play as both. <laughs> no, no, you swore, so it's your turn now. Oh yeah, I know. I play as both. <laughs> you see, you know, he's different because he wears a black tie. Mm. He doesn't stand out as much. Also, he's he had to kind of rob his arm then because guns are heavy. Mm. Um, no, so. That's kind of the film. It's like, what's going on? Our hitman has to find out what's going on. He finds it out, and then he uh, his solution is, guess what? Kill everyone. Just kill them. And, and that's the movie. And where does our lead actress fit into the picture? That's a good question. She is a, a slave girl for the Russian president to be. And for some reason, she's involved. Yeah, wasn't she like a witness to the... Murder but, of what we thought was but the president. She wasn't. Yeah. She wasn't. They just hired him to assassinate her, I guess. Because like, I a guess maybe she would be the one to know that it's not the real Belikov because she sleeps with him. The real Belikov. Mm. Uh so she would be able to tell that it's not actually him. So I guess kill her as well, but mm. Why wouldn't you make that a double hit job instead? Like, why wouldn't you be like, kill Belikov and kill this woman? Instead of, kill Belikov and, oh, a witness saw you, kill her too, like, late. Like, you know what I mean? It makes it a bit too suspicious. Like, really, you could have... Um... Yeah, you are right about her being, you know, constantly demoted in her roles. Like, she was the headmistress, 
And then she was, you know, just normal person at a party with a high-ranking sister, and now she's slave. Yeah, What's well, lower? Dirt. <laughs> she she's the dirt. Now, look, there's a black one. Now, I was dumb and racist, and I went, oh, it's the Interpol guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see, you got him. Good. And then more of them came. I'm like, oh, they're all bold. I guess not. Now, Chris, our guest from last week's episode, raised with us very angrily because we said we're going to do Hitman. He said, the one with the fucking sword fight? you got to be kidding me. Now, I didn't know what he meant by that. And I've watched the film now, and I guess I know what he means because this is the moment where they grab out blades. Yeah, it's like dual blade fights. But I wouldn't say the like the iconic sword fight sequence because when you think of a sword fight you think of something like a kung fu movie or like a kill bill film, yeah. yeah or kill bill or something where it's like yeah here we are swords but i do love the cheesiness of the sequence where it's like let's 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 die like this with with blades yeah i thought like there were because they're assassins i thought there would be a thing of like you know, they'll they'll try to overpower each other in this big clash here, and then, like, whoever's the strongest will get to, like, slice everyone's neck or something. But no, it ended up being a straight-up dual-blade fight. I also love the fact that in this sequence here, they are also not just all trying to kill him, they're also trying to kill each other because they all want to take be the one that gets the money and the credit for killing Agent 47, which is kind of neat. It adds a level of intensity to the sequence because it's not only is it that... He's overwhelmed by them. They're overwhelming each other. So it, and, it adds an extra element. Yeah, and it's got that thing of, like, even though their lives are on the line, they still went through, like, the protocol of, like, oh, you know, put down, pull down your weapon, take out the magazine, disassemble it, pull out the blades, put it in the lock. It's like a ritual. Hmm. I, for the most part in this movie, was reminded of... Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin in the TV show Daredevil. Timothy Oliphant's voice is very reminiscent of his Vincent D'Onofrio's voice for that character, where he speaks. You know, I I can't replicate it very well, but you know, he speaks a bit like this with a with direction. You know, like you know, like he has this kind of weird kind of like like he's got syrup in his mouth a little bit, but he's speaking with clarity and direction mm. about it and they kind of remind me of Vincent D'Onofrio and it would make me think I would love to watch a young Vincent D'Onofrio in the uh, as Hitman I guess he does kind of remind me of also the Prison Break main character I get it you love Prison Break I did when I was that age yeah <laughs> you know what I also thought throughout the movie how nice it would be to rub his head his bald head just put my hands on his head and just like feel it didn't I talk about that early in this episode yeah but now i'm talking about how i want to do that also a part of me just really wanted to see if i could stretch a condom on his head mm. <laughs> just put it on there yeah, it'd be awkward if you had hair yeah it, look at that face that just says put a condom on me <laughs> well ryan you know what image to make of this now. <laughs> condom mad assassin <laughs> or just that and the text put a condom on me <laughs> that is a face that screams put a condom on me yeah and it would just make it into like a condom ad no you see I didn't see that sequence where he already put the bodies in the crates because he just emerged from killing that guy and look bodies are already in crates I mean, it's part of the ritual yeah but like when did he do that or did the guys that got stabbed all oh, wait well I'm gonna die we better put ourselves in the crates so it's easy 
Oh, here it is. Maybe he did, and he's tired of putting them in the yeah. crate now. Yeah, here it is. This great scene where it's like, I'm going to interrogate you. You think it's done? It's just the beginning. And then he just shoots him. Bam. And that's it. And then we don't see them for, like, another hour in the movie. Like, oh, wow, under we're an almost hour. halfway through. Yeah, it's a really great paced movie. Yeah. This is... Now, we're watching the uncut version or the unrated version just Ooh. like max Payne, i couldn't find any other version okay so i don't know if it will differ from whatever one you watched well, but it's i doubt i've seen anything different was there lots of pointless nudity in yours i, there, I saw her tits yes so the answer is yes okay did you get the sequence where you get to see her fully naked getting like whipped or yeah. tased yeah so yeah Okay. Because there's bits in the movie where it's like, okay, is this the unrated bit here where you get to see, like, all of her naked for no apparent reason other than to show the brutality of Belikov? Uh, I did... If I have to make another criticism, I look, I'm, I'm a straight guy and I like seeing naked women, sure. Mm-hmm. And she's a very attractive woman. But there was that thing of, um, you know, they have her fully naked, like, chained up, getting whipped and tased. And I just said out loud... My girlfriend was there and I said out loud, Oh, honey... You didn't have to get naked for this film. Not for this one. Not saying that this is a bad film. My I you know, I do have complaints. Obviously there are some. This there is there are reasons for things to be unappreciated. I mentioned the you know, needs more um, you know, fantastical murders. I think that it does have some gratuitous nudity in there, but also I think it it doesn't have a visually pleasing look to it like Max Payne does. Like like, you know, I felt like it could have been visually more stimulating. It does look cheap at times. Like you know, like I will say though, I do kind of appreciate it having a lot of daytime scenes while also not having a filter over it. I do appreciate that too. I I, I really do as well actually. Yeah. It, uh, and just like how point. just like how I've pointed out at some point during this show. That red is the color that travels the furthest. His red tie, it, it does it looks really good. It does pop. It pops. Uh, and, you know, it does give this sense of the dreariness of Russia. Because most of this takes place in St. Petersburg. Yeah, St. Petersburg and Istanbul, I believe. Yeah, never goes to Moscow. Yeah. Uh, that was one. How is it pronounced? Moscow or Moscow? Um, I think the European way is Moscow. Right, because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty like sure Teabag, uh, he came in and he went he went like he went yes I am from Moscow <laughs> and I'm like maybe it is Moscow then I don't know because, because I didn't I believe think, his Russian accent because I always think of the Genghis Khan song Genghis Khan yeah it's like the German Je- Genghis Khan okay oh good I thought you were just being racist <laughs> no, they have it a- sounds racist. <laughs> Well, that's the band name. Genghis Khan. Yeah, they were in Eurotrip in like the 70s. Not Eurotrip, uh, Eurovision. No, they were in the film Eurotrip, but Damn it was it. set in the 1970s. Yeah. <laughs> and it had everyone's favourite. Oh, so did they beat ABBA? I don't know if they won or anything. No, this is great here. They set this up very nicely. Go fuck yourself. I wish 
He 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 butted the cigarette out on him, and then oh, he has one already lit. <laughs> like, did he have two <laughs> cigarettes? Like he's like, here's a cigarette in my mouth. Here's another one in my fingers. He goes one, flicks it on me. It falls, you know, Wasn't all over the floor, and then he has it in his hand. Like I was ready for you to do that, motherfucker. Wasn't there a trivia point that there's a character in this film who always grabs out a cigarette but never lights it? Yes, it's our uh, Interpol agent. Yeah. Who, can I share a piece of trivia about the Interpol agent guy? Do it. Uh, I've seen the first Taken movie. Uh, I've seen the second. Liam. Yeah. With our good friend Liam Moore. <laughs> as, as Liam Neeson. Oh, I thought you said <laughs> that you watched it with him. No. I watched it with my former drama teacher, Liam Moore, who's been on the show. No. I'd love Liam as Liam Neeson. It's me, Liam Neeson, and I've been taken. Uh, no, no, no. So what I was saying was, uh, our Interpol agent is in the worst action movie in the last few years, Taken 3, or it was like the threes jammed in the middle of the word Taken, so it was like Tethraken or something. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a crappy Tekken. Yeah, yeah. And um, in the Taken movies, one of the nice little aspects of them is Liam Neeson's, like, you know, the former husband, right? Yeah. Good relationship with his ex-wife. Good relationship with the ex-wife, kind of. You know, like, you could argue, like, he does kind of just stumble in and be like, I'm the man. But, like, her husband is played by a really nice, meek dude. And then in the third film, they're like, ooh, how about the ultimate twist was he was actually the mastermind behind every scheme that you've ever seen in the movies. <laughs> really? But guess what? They didn't cast the same actor from the first two because he looked too nice. So they cast this guy in this movie as the Interpol agent because he looks like a sleazy motherfucker. And it's just one of these things where you know automatically what the twist is because they've got this guy as the husband now and you and he plays it completely differently. Like, he plays it like, you know, like in the so other Taken basic- movies, he's actually nice with Liam Neeson's character. He's like, hey, you know, he understands that there's a bit of like, you're the ex-husband, but like, uh, but in the Taken 3, it is pl- apparently played more like, what do you want? So and it's kind of like, well, obviously he's the villain. So is it basically like, oh, why is Gabriel Byrne suddenly playing this character? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, in this movie, he's playing the good guy. He's playing the good Interpol agent guy, which truly shows that, you know, casting doesn't always mean well, pigeonholing and, and stereotyping. Of, and the, like, big question that was asked to, asked to him at the beginning and end of the film is, like, how does a good man... Specifically, a good man justify killing someone. And that's something I really wanted to raise with you. Did the Interpol guy kill anyone during this movie? Not that I am aware of. Because I was thinking, okay, I don't think it's... I'm going to say it's a bit unusual for Interpol agents to have killed people. Yeah, I would assume I think it would be a bit out of the realm. Again, I don't know, maybe. But it just seemed like this guy here in this movie wouldn't be the type of guy who would have killed people. Like, in what we've seen of his character as the Interpol agent, he doesn't seem like he would be out there in shootouts as much. Like, this this movie is kind of demonstrating this is the unusual thing for him because he's actually encountered the guy, right? For three years, he's been tracking this guy down and doing, like, basic detective stuff, right? But it seemed unusual that they did raise, you've killed people. And I thought, oh, they're going to show in the course of the film how this Interpol agent's had to kill people. And the hitman's maybe seen it, or maybe the hitman's made it in a situation where the guys had to kill people or whatever. But no, 
he never killed anyone in this movie that I'm aware of. Maybe I didn't pay attention, but so it kind of just has this element to that character. It's like, ah, that guy's killed people. Interesting. I kind of want to know who and why and where. When, you know? Mm. Unlike Teabag here. Maybe he has a really good Call of Duty streak. Hey, hey, you know what I was thinking about? You know how you said Teabag's a pedophile in Prison Break? Yeah. And one of the motivators for him to do the thing at the end for the hitman is because the hitman put, like, a rubber ducky in the bath to indicate, like, he has kids. Wouldn't it be great if it's, like... Like you said, it's in the Prison Break universe where he like puts a rubber ducky and he's like, oh no, he knows I'm a pedophile. <laughs> Guess no, my reputation is going to be ruined. Guess I don't need the accent anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's like, oh no, shit, I have to move to America and hide. What would be a non-suspicious accent there? It's me. <laughs> Teabag. Theodore... What was it? Theodore? Bagwell. Fuck off. <laughs> you asked me that just to get mad again. Didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I didn't want to make a faux pas because I was literally going to make a stupid name. Was what's his name? Theodore Tiabagaloni or something? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's sad? That's a more convincing name than Theodore if he was Bagwell. Italian, maybe. He kind of does look Italian though to me. Like, he is a kind of weird... He could be any European-looking thing, like Eastern European to, like, even a little bit Mediterranean. Like, he has a real kind of general kind of Euro look about him, but his accent doesn't make me truly believe he is Russian in this movie. Mm. Talking about, like, how we talk about typecasting stuff before, I really like with our lead actress here, we've seen her career in three different movies, you know? This is the earliest one. She's playing a good guy here. Like, she's yeah. playing a, a victim of abuse, of sexual and physical, uh, you know, and in in Max Payne, we see her as a, a semi-good character, you know, uh, 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 a drug user and a part of the Russian mob. And then in uh, Vampire Academy, she plays what I would say is a villainous character, the evil or the stern headmistress yeah. And I kind of like the fact that we've seen her... All of them, she's playing Euro European characters because she's a European actress. But I like the fact that she's playing all these different variants of, of, of this kind of Euro-trash kind of character. Because all of them are trash. Like, mm. all those, including the headmistress in Vampire Academy. Well, her sedatives, yeah. Yeah, with her sedatives. And, and she was like, I used to be a model, and then they didn't want me. Oh, yeah, that was and all that kind of stuff. Which she, felt... gets, she gets sedated in this film too, right? Yes, she does, because she rubs her pussy on his dick, and he's like, the only option is to sedate her. <laughs> I, it's kind of like, you know, but one of my favorite things about um, the Austin Powers movies are mm. is that there's this thing online where it's like when in the first movie Elizabeth Hurley's drunk and she's trying to like kiss me Austin is like no oh, yeah, you're yeah, drunk yeah, yeah. it's you're not right this. and it's just like see the the like the world's sexiest man yeah. even knows that kissing and having sex with women when they're drunk is wrong and it's like I'm not saying that Hitman's a good guy I mean he has murdered people but even he knows that you know making out and having sex with a drunk woman is wrong, you know? It's wrong, buddy. So, even Ryan knows that. Even I know that. I, You know, when Bartek comes up to me drunk and he's like, has sex with me, I just grab out the needle and jab him in the neck and he thanks me later for it. 
I mean, sure, the needle's filled with Viagra so that he gets a bigger <laughs> erection, but, like, whatever. I it's mean, like, Ryan, why'd you give me the Viagra? Why didn't you give me the aphrodisiac? You see, this scene here, the nudity I don't feel is gratuitous because it's kind of showing her character is kind of like this, but also it sets up his nature of this kind of, like, he's kind of been neutered in his life, kind of, like, withheld from any basic primal feelings yeah, he's asexual he's asexual forced to be and then he also gives you that nice little right i'm gonna make her a proper lady get a dress and then like she gets a dress and her streaks are from her hair are gone it's kind of like he's made her in the next few scenes the woman he wants her to be and then by the end of the movie she kind of is the person she's she is she wants to be but also the kind of woman she wants him to be like he sees her as something better where she sees herself as this kind of you know temptress kind of woman by the end of the film she's kind of a mixture of both which shows a great character development on her part Mm. you know i really like that scene in which she's like they're driving the car and she's talking about like her dad used to raise grapes and she always said that she's gonna in a vineyard and then he buys the vineyard at the end of the movie and that's like really sweet so in conclusion ladies don't be scared of men trying to better you. Yeah. Anyone. Just let anyone better you. Cause you, you, I mean, there were points in the movie my girlfriend was watching this. It's like, why is she doing that? And I went, haven't you played video games? That's what females do in video games. They're just passive characters that you have to escort places and or save. Unless it's something like Sands of Time. Are there women in that game? There's one. Who is it? It's your sidekick. Oh. Do well, you have to well, save her? I think once. Or there twice, you go. Uh, once, mo- twice, three times, most, a lady. But for the most part, she stands back. She uses a bow and arrow to hit enemies, and if you're in the way, she'll hit you too. But it's an accident. And she'll apologize. <laughs> there you go. Has to apologize to the male character. Well, uh, you. I think you apologize. If you hit her. Oh, do you? Or do I? Like when I <laughs> play the game, like I'm oh, so sorry. I apologize. Yes. Um. Yeah, look, I find video games a bit weird like that, where it's like, you know, game again, all that kind of stuff happened, blah, blah, blah. There is, like, rampant misogyny in video games, as well as there is in films and yeah, and they, comics and all of that. They but do with, point out that there are a lot of games that don't have female protagonists as well but as movies. Yeah, but it's like with games, it is kind of, like, disturbing when you are, like... Like, you know, with the GTA games, there's obvious misogyny within those well they're very exaggerated yes but you know what i mean like when you're younger you don't necessarily understand the exaggerations like you didn't understand teabag was funny um theodore bagawelli teabagawelli right (laughs) i know i'm just changing it each time theodore's not even his real name it's like (laughs) teawell bagawelli so yeah um you know i i understand that and I think that's one of the weaknesses of video game adaptations, like, into films, is, uh, film adaptations of video games, is the female characters, they still treat, like, how they are in the video games a little bit, where they're, like, this sexy object that has to be, like, saved, and the ultimate, they are uh, often loving the ultimate, uh... Or even just, like, the the goal, the the goal. Like, yeah, she's a love interest in this, but she's kind of, like, like a video game woman character in a mission. You know, like, and I get that. Like, uh, you know, like, one of the, the ultimate epitome of this conversation is the film Pixels, 
which is with Adam Sandler, in which Josh Gad gets rewarded at the end with a woman as a literal trophy for victory. Yeah. Like, Jesus. And that's supposed to be a satirization and celebration at the same time of video games. Jesus, I mean... Well, that's kind of why I love Metal Gear Solid 3 so much, because the woman in that does have the whole, you know, kind of sexual thing there, but she has been trained to seduce me because it's like a spy film yeah i think my problem with the metal gear solid games is yeah you have she's the one like in the gray bikini top is that it which one's that in in the third game eva she she does have a black bikini but she like also has a like jacket yeah Yeah. i think my problem with that is it's such a japanese way of doing it while like in the first metal gear solid you had meryl who is like a no nonsense i'll beat you the fuck up tomboyish like tank top and I'm just like, and then they step backwards from that a well, little. They also had Sniper Wolf. Actually, when you mentioned Meryl, I'm like, oh, I thought you were going with Sniper Wolf. Well, Sniper Wolf is supposed to be, but she's your villainess. So with villainesses, you're like, okay, over the top. I mean, every villain is over the top in Metal Gear Solid. It's kind of like, if you want to complain about sexualization of villains in those games, look at fucking oh. Liquid Snake. He's just David Bowie I'm on the screen, pr- or just like. I'm uh, pretty sure it's not hard to find sexual images online of any of the villains. One of my favorite things of um, uh, Metal Gear Solid I saw recently was uh, someone did a customization of, of Snake in the same outfit as her, the the one you were just talking about from the third game. Eva, yeah. Yeah, him in that, and him in the physical pose that she has with, like, the chest out and the ass out and all that kind of stuff. And it's just mm. like, this is the game I want to play. Do you know about the controversy regarding the equivalent character of that in Metal Gear Solid Five? No. Quiet, his name is? No. Um, basically, she was designed kind of similar to some of the ones I mentioned earlier with the tank top. She's got, like, the bikini and, like, torn tights. Of course. And the big controversy there, because this game was, you know, being made in the early part of this decade, was like, okay, Kojima, this is going too far, you know. <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. Too much sexualization. And he basically did say that he made her like that because it would make cosplaying her more interesting. But (laughs) (laughs) he basically said that. He basically said, I just want to see a bunch of, like, flesh when I go to cosplay. But there's a scene... Oh, (laughs) fuck! But there is a scene in the game where... And, you know, this will probably also make you say fucking hell, but it's leading to something. There's a scene in the game where... She and Snake, and this is really out of place in the game. Oh, like, good. I'm Dance waiting. in the rain or something like that and play fight in the rain. Okay. It's really out of place. But there is a mod of that where they replace her model with the model of Ocelot in that game. Okay. So it's Snake and Ocelot play fighting and it, it's really <laughs> weird. And he's doing all her poses and stuff. Do they keep the voices though? The voices in that scene is basically them just giggling. But, like, but yes. Ocelot would have her female giggle. Yes. <laughs> Great. Well, well, as with her name, she doesn't speak, but I think she uh, can giggle and, like, hum. Well, uh, good. I want my women to be literally quiet as sex objects. The It's a big theme of the game, language and stuff like that, but yeah. Oh, here we go. Bitch, you just got needled. And you'll get needled again in Vampire Academy. Yeah, in, in the same to... neck place as well. In theaters, 2014. In Vampire Academy, when she got stabbed there, she's like, oh, this reminds me of Timothy Oliphant when I was on top of him. Oh, and then she falls over. And then discount Ellen Page in Vampire Academy is like, what's she talking about? I don't know, she's drunk. No, she's just Russian. I forgot about the discount Ellen Page line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Ren, have you played 
many or any games where the main character is a woman? That's a great question. And the answer is, I think I've played literally none. Okay. And I don't think it's my fault. <laughs> it's not like I went, no, I don't want to play anyone with female character. I mean, I guess the Fable games where you can make your character a woman, but no. Right. I made them a man because I'm a man. I know oh, that fuck. in the Saints Row series, two onwards... Um is very popular because you can just make them whatever you want. Yeah, I don't think I've played one necessarily where the lead is supposed to be a woman. Like, I can't hmm. think of any. I've never played the Bayonetta games. Yeah, I haven't either. But it's Platinum Games. games Jeez, so I, I feel terrible now. Well, I mean, you don't play games all the time. Anyway, no, so I don't. I don't. I often also play games where there is no character. I just play real-time strategy games a lot, so... The Snake in Snake might be a woman. You don't know. I know it's not. <laughs> oh, okay. You you choose to make it a man? With the male features and voice, yeah. Oh, uh, it has a snake. <laughs> he has a dick. <laughs> He's Kurt Russell. <laughs> snake. I mean, Raiden looks like a girl, so I guess I've played a girl character. It's fucking Metal Gear Solid 2, the worst Metal Gear game of them all. You play, yeah, Bishonen character. God, now I feel really weird. I'm looking back and being like, there's got to be one... The Fifth Element game. There you go. I, I own the Fifth Element game. We get to play as, as her in her little skimpy outfit. Mm. God. Oh, wow. I don't think you got to play as a woman in Crazy Taxi, so... <sighs> I mean, I said main character, but I guess in fighting games, there's always a couple of women. Yeah. Yeah. Nina it feels so weird. That I can't think of a, like a game where you know, well that's fucked. I mean, how many? Well, what's a big popular game? What's some big popular games with a female lead character? I mean, Tomb Raider. I haven't. I never owned any of them, so no. I actually didn't think of Tomb Raider. I haven't played them. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil is a popular like early two thousands Ubisoft game. Uh, Bayonetta. I said that. Yeah, a Bayonetta. A bit more of a modern example for people that had Vita or have played the PS four remake is Gravity Rush. Yeah. Oh, a Portal. I played Portal. Portal. Oh yeah, Portal. There you go. Nailed it. Portal, where you I'm find... not a misogynist. I've played the Portal games. Portal, the way you find out that your character is a woman if you happen to look through a portal correctly. Or if you listen to... Oh, they make... Does she make sounds? No. Yes, she does uh, when you hit things, but also if you listen to Gladys because she makes fun of your features as a woman and all of that. So, yes. And all of that. Uh, and you find out your name. Uh, uh, and, yeah, no, I guess Portal. Well, that's disappointing. I've played both portals, so I've played two games of the same series where I was a woman. Yay. Uh, what other ones are there? Uh, there's a lot of Japanese, Japanese ones. Oh, uh, what's that one where you do play as Ellen Page? Oh, Beyond, Beyond Two Souls? Yeah, you said that one already? I didn't, but I guess... What's yeah, that other one where you play as the little girl and you're being protected by a big man? The... Is it The Last of Us, is it? Or... I thought you played as a guy and you're protecting a little girl. Oh, I thought you got to play as the... Fuck! I think you play as both, actually. Yeah, I think you get to play as both. So I guess that game, I've never played it, but I've seen it. Walking Dead Season 2, I guess? Oh, I have played a bit of... Alien Isolation, and you get to play as Ripley's daughter and that, so... Alright. There you go. Nailed it. Does 
does Mario, is it the only Mario game where you get to play as female Mario? There's... Called Fario. There's a spin-off called Super Princess Peach. Nah, the only spin-off... Where her emotions are a weapon. <laughs> Not the, even joking. I can't remember. I don't really play games too much like Mario and all that because I don't play Nintendo. But the one Mario game I really liked, I can't remember what it's called, but you might know yeah. off chances... There's one where you're playing as, like, tiny Mario and Luigi and you invade the brain of Bowser and you just play Bowser. Yeah, that's uh, Bowser's inside story. I haven't played that one. I've played that. I've heard it's very good. It's very fun. I play... That's the third game in the Mario and Luigi series. I only played the first one. And one of my cousins owned one of those Luigi games where you have to use a vacuum cleaner or something to scare scare ghosts away. And I'm like, okay... Yeah, that's like the, I think the launch title for the GameCube, Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. So, it's a me, Luigi. It's one of the, like, two GameCube games I own. Now, here's a question. Yeah. Are there any video game, uh, we're not covering any, unfortunately, but any films that are video game adaptations of a female-driven one that isn't Tomb Raider? That is a good question. Um, Does Dead or Alive count? Yes, it does, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> well, we nailed it. We we got three of the most sexualized films there have ever been. Tomb everyone... Raider 1, Tomb Raider 2, and Dead and Al- Dead or Alive. There you go. So everyone on your walls put up a poster of Lara Croft, put up a poster of Kasumi, and just live the rest of your life in peace. Now, I, as this film does go on, uh, I did want to bring up, we aren't covering the Tomb Raider films. Uh, I just thought it was a bit too on the nose, and I wanted to give other films a chance, because the Tomb Raider films are always a point of discussion. I do think they are unappreciated. We will cover them in the future. Uh, but they are ones that I've talked about frequently. Well, I felt like Hitman, not enough conversation about this, because one of the things that you know Bartek will raise later on in his comments from YouTube is there is a lot of friction between... Which is the more faithful and or better film, Hitman or Hitman 47? I I, I, I chose that we would just do Hitman because I thought Hitman 47 is pretty recent and I felt like let that have time to ferment. Well, this film's been around for over 10 years. and Which begs the question, when did they make Hitman's 2 through 46? Good question. Yeah. I think the film's actually Hitman Agent 47. Hitman Agent 47, yeah. Uh, you know, like... There's a lot of discussion because I've always heard, for a while I heard, nah, this Hitman's the better one. But the consensus I've at least heard is people like Timothy Oliphant better than Rupert Friend, I do believe, as Hitman. And I I haven't seen Rupert's go at it. He does look very intimidating, but he has an odd-shaped bald head, which kind of puts me off. But... This Timothy Oliphant, he, I don't know him for much as an actor, but he does a really decent job here. Like I said, he reminds me a bit of Vincent D'Onofrio, and Vincent D'Onofrio is one of my favourite actors of all time. You know, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in such great films as um, Rings. We didn't mention Metroid. Oh. <laughs> I've never played Metroid. Yeah, but it's a series where you... Isn't that one where you find out quite late that Metroid's a girl? If... Well, it's Samus. Um, if, see, see, if you, I don't know. If you get, if you beat the f- original game really, really quickly, then it's a twist. Like, oh, it was a girl all along. But in the later games, it's well known. It's like, look at her titties. 
Well, I mean, in the Zero Suit, yes. But in the Power Suit, not as much. Do they not have titty armor like they do in I mean, there is... fantasy and sci-fi? Where it's like, she's a girl, she needs armor f- to show that she has well, titties. The, I guess the chest does have, like, a more width to it, but it's not necessarily breast-shaped or anything. Do you find that stupid that there is armor like that in those fantasy or sci-fis or whatever? Where it's like, titty armor. It's like, did you... Do you need to? And the answer is no, you don't. Well, I guess the interesting thing to think about Samus is that her suit isn't necessarily like super bulky like a lot of other things might be. It's very geometric. Yeah. Uh, this is a sad scene where he's like, I gotta go. This is their last scene together. How sad. Mm. You know? She looks like Mary Magdalene, played by Rudy Mara. <laughs> Fun fact I went to the movies the other day. And I saw the giant, giant poster uh, for Mary Magdalene with Rooney Mara and um, some guy. I can't remember. It's some famous guy. And I'm like, ooh, ooh. And it was really awkward because they've used a filter to make her look slightly brown. And I went, ooh, this is going to be an interesting movie for the future of mankind to discuss. Do they make her brown looking in the film or not? Did they realize, ooh, maybe we should have actually cast Middle Eastern looking people in our movie about Jesus and Mary Magdalene or whatever, but nah, we'll just cast Rooney Mara. It's a good thing we're referencing in this episode the fact that, you know, uh, women and minorities do not get enough lead roles. It's true. And you know who definitely don't get enough lead roles? Female minorities. (laughs) Specifically, minorities of the United States, because I know that worldwide there's a lot. Uh, I don't remember the last movie about with a like last action movie with an Aboriginal actor as the lead. Mm, me neither. If ever, it's kind of like here in Australia, we're really fucked up in terms of how it is with uh, Aboriginal representation. Like in our TV show, the famous TV show Neighbors, there's never been like an Aboriginal neighbor. I'm pretty sure. I wouldn't know. And I've been on it. <laughs> you should have told me. You should have gone as, like, I, yeah, gone up to the lead of the show and said, where's the Aboriginal representation here? And they're like, who are you? I'm Polish. <laughs> and they're like, I don't care about your opinion then. And he's like, you're like, okay. Liam's been on Neighbours too. He played an actual character, didn't he? Who hasn't played a character on the TV show Neighbours? That was an extra. That's a character times. if you really made it one. He's always a student. You could have kept returning as that one student and they would have recognised you and went, cast him. There was a Instead st- of that poor, struggling Aboriginal actor over there who has real talent. There was a cast sh- fucking Bartek, the white guy with a beard. There's one sh- We don't have enough of those. I shaved, to be fair. But um, there was one shot where it was just me and an actress in a car and I was pointing in a direction. Yeah, we don't have enough white guys pointing. We need more. The back of a white guy pointing. Whoa! Jeez Louise. I would really love to watch an Aboriginal actor as a lead star in an action movie like John Wick. You know, how good would that be? I would watch the shit out of that. Yeah, Aboriginal actors, cool. Like an Australian version of The Raid. Like, like this really intricate action movie. I would watch the fuck out of that. My dad was down in Australia... Uh, for the early part of this year, like mid-Jan to early Feb. And on his, I think, second last day here, he bought a little didgeridoo to take back home. 
Okay. And on that last day where we were spending time together and I was at my cousin's house over in another suburb, he just kept playing the didgeridoo and annoying everyone with it. He, no, he didn't let he didn't let your stepmom play it. No, she made a joke about how he sh- he should play it in the bedroom to like bring up the mood or something. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I didn't need to know that information. No, it was funny. Oh, <laughs> it was a, it was a I'm having a laugh too. You are actually though. Not right I haven't now. seen you laugh this hard since Theodore Bagarelli or whatever. <laughs> it was Theodore T. Bagarelli. T. Bagarelli. <laughs> <laughs> Here he is. T-Bagarelli. If his last name is T-Bagarelli, why does his first name have to be Theodore? Because it's still interesting that his name was chosen as Theodore. Theodore. Yeah, so many people. Other than a chipmunk, when was the last time you met anyone called Theodore? There was a president. Our age. And met, I said. Uh, what'd you say? Met. met. When was the last, oh, last time, time you met. met someone called Theodore. Dude, I haven't even met anyone named Jeff. When am I going to get Theodore? You've never met a Jeff? No, I don't think I've ever met So you've met never a Jeff. met Jeffrey Rush? No. You're not a fucking true Australian then if you ever met Jeffrey. I, Jeffrey Rush. I, don't know. I, I had a possum with... named Jeffrey. So That doesn't count. You named him. Je- or did you name Jeffrey? I did, and it was a girl possum, so it was awkward. All oh, right, you're just trying to bring men into everything, even your female. Pet. Look at this guy. <laughs> Let me bring up more men. Speaking uh, of men? Men. I love men. And I like women. Men. I like men too. Women I, are pretty good. I love equality. That's all I'm about. I'm equality? Equality for everyone. You bleeding heart liberal. Go snowflake the chili. You know what I love about... Again, we're not talking about the film right now, but I just want to bring it up. Just talk about Aboriginals before. I love in Australian like TV and movies... It isn't, you're not really doing an Australian movie or show if you don't have that one chick from The Secret Life of Us as the Aboriginal woman in it. Like, like if she's not, like, if you have Aboriginal characters and she's not the Aboriginal woman in it, you're not really doing a film or a TV show. Like, she's in everything as, like, that, oh, oh, here's our Aboriginal representation. The chick from The Secret Life of Us, who... He's also in, like, the TV show Offspring and all these shows. is like, hey, it's that chick, you know, that, that one chick. I can't remember her name. It's like, that one chick from The Secret Life of Us. That represents all Aboriginal actresses ever. She's been in Hollywood's things as well. I'm pretty sure she was, like, look. Like, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I love even the movies where it's, like, Australia, the Baz Luhrmann film. Mm-hmm. And it's like, here's our Aboriginal representation. This is the king of the Aboriginals, and he uses magic to save the Hugh Jackman character. And I'm just like... It's been a while since I've seen Australia. I don't remember that at all. You don't remember King Willie? <laughs> no. Is that his name? <laughs> I can't remember his name was Willie, but it was something Western, I'm pretty sure. Or they referred to him by the Western equivalent. Was it Theodore Bagwell? It was King Willie Bagwell. <laughs> w Bag. Yeah. Willy bag. Willy bag. Oh god, that sounds funny. Yeah, well, it's um, you know, it's it's different. You know what, Ryan? Actually, last week I did watch a let's play of of a, Hitman of a Prison Break video game. Oh, that would have been fun to have Wentworth Miller as the voice because yeah, he didn't he, have much else going yes, on. Yes, but he he, he wasn't yes, the main co- character. It was this like made up character that was like watching the events of the first season. And you beat up Teabag like three times throughout the game. Okay. Now here's something I want to bring up. 
In our first film that we did on video games, Doom, there was a whole first-person shooter sequence that was, hey, this is the part of the video game, mm-hmm. as well as imagery from the video game, like the BFG gun and all of that. Uh, Max Payne had, uh, you know... Bullet time. Bullets, yeah, bullet time, and the voice actor of Max Payne rock up into the film. Mm-hmm. This movie has kids literally playing Hitman... Yeah, and that and blood vengeance and and the and the obviously the iconic outfit bloodlines or blood blood money blood money yeah blood blood vengeance was a Tekken film Uh, and then I was gonna say if you said blood wars that's like one of those vampire movies with Kate Beckinsale what are they called underworld blood wars let's just settle on blood diamond that's not a film at all yeah it's a video game it's a film too so it's not a film at all but it's a film. It is a film. Yeah. With, with Leonardo DiCaprio. My favourite video game actor. He has been in video games, I'm pretty sure. I hope he has. I'd play him. As as, as Jack from uh, from Titanic. Titanic the game? Yeah, Titanic the game. Okay. I'm lying. I don't think he did that. I hope he did. He had nothing much else going on. He didn't get an Oscar. Has he done voice acting at all? That's a good question. That I don't have an answer. It's for. up there with how many games you played with women. It's also it's also up there with just general statements that you make. Like I don't know how dogs work. How? I mean, why did Patrick Smash go to the academy? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What yeah. is this fucking Oscar with Sylvester Stallone? I don't know. I love Oscar. I love that bold guy's head. You love bold men, Ryan. Well, some, not all. You know, I know this sounds going to be sound racially weird, but you know, black, black, bold black guys are the coolest bold people there are. Yeah. Just it sounds weird to say it, but you know, what I mean, like Samuel Jackson, he's awesome. Yeah, I and agree. He's bold. The shine is really good too. Just, just because it like contrasts their skin pigmentation. Yeah, there you it's go. a really cool look. It's a cool look. I, I wish I was black and bald. Yeah, instead you're white and have hair. curly hair. Well, fucking... What am I? What am I? Friggin... Weird Al Yankovic? Weird Al Yankovic? Yankovic? Alfred Yankovic. Is it with the vich? Huh? Is it with the itch sound in it? Or is it Weird Al Yankovic? I don't know, actually. I, I mean, I know it ends with a C. I, assume, I think it's just pronounced ick, but I always say... Itch. Well, it's because, you know, you're a bad boy. I am. No, you said I was a good boy before. No, I said you had to earn your way to be a good boy. You said I was a good boy because I didn't swear. No, that's true. You are a good boy, but you can also be a good boy who's being a bad boy. Oh, well, that's called a naughty boy. You're not a bad boy. Fine, you're a very naughty boy. I'm not very. Come on. Oh, you're arguing. Drop that sassy tone with me, young man. Young man, I'm the old... There you go again. Just showing your worth. Your Wentworth Miller, to be precise. And you're showing your Theodore Bagwell. <laughs> Excuse me! I'm not Theodore Bagwell. I'm Theodore, Theodore T. Bagarelli, or whatever it was. <laughs> Look, we don't even know. Yep, this is the last time we see him. He's sweaty, but it's okay because he's taking a bath. Ryan, in your head canon, did he live or not? I think he lived. Here's a bigger question. Who was that assassin guy with the sniper originally supposed to be targeting? 
Wasn't he targeting the bald guy that you said you liked? Yeah, but who was that guy? It was a bald guy that you liked. Was he there to assassinate, I guess, I don't know, the hitman? And he was like, just looking for bald people. I was like, could that be him? No, no, tattoo on the back of his head. You know, Ryan, you There's got- no way any assassin could inconspicuously hide the tattoo on their head. A wig? A hat? Makeup? Not at all. They always just keep it there. Don't you just love this movie, Ryan? I loved it. Can I give you another complaint? About the movie? Yeah. Okay. It's a movie with Eastern Europeans in it, and they don't have that one actor... What's his name? Uh, uh, Udo... Udo... Kiere or something? The guy who plays Yuri in Red Alert, the Command and Conquer games, and he's also just that one European, Russian, German, whatever. You always see him in movies as the menacing Russian guy. Okay. Yudo Kiering or I something? I don't know, Ryan. He's, you will. He'll be that one actor that... Well, I'll show you a picture of him. You're like, Oh, yeah, him. They're that kind of thing? Yeah. He, I swear he does lots of video games too, yeah. And he has this famous kind of wispy voice and all of that yeah he's he's he was in the trailer that fake trailer you know when tarantino and rodriguez did the grindhouse movies and they had like all these fake trailers some of which got made into real movies like machete Mm. one of them was rob zombies werewolf women of the ss and he's like the head nazi he was also the Fuhrer in that movie Iron Sky, the movie about the Nazis oh, the that secretly lived on the moon. Yeah. yeah. I felt like this movie really lacked his presence because it doesn't feel like a real movie that has Eastern Europeans without him in it. Or or, or, or Werner, Werner Herzgold or whatever it is. I'm very bad with these European names at the moment because I'm like half remembering them. Well, Ryan, I don't think that's a problem at all because Roger Ebert gave this film three stars. Out of? Four. That whoa, what was he on? I mean, obviously painkillers for the lack of jaw, but like, what was he on? Yeah, uh, he made a point about how he still doesn't consider video games art, but this film, was like, <laughs> but this film was like somewhere in the middle between video games and uh, art. Hey, hear that, video game young animators and video game writers and all that. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing right there. All that thing that takes. Literal years to make a game? The really prominent film critic famously decried your work as not art. You know what it is? Waste of time. Waste of... You know, Roger Ebert looks at uh, at certain video games like The Last of Us and says, Not art. Not art. But he looks at a fucking movie like Super Mario Brothers and goes, Art. I like the Goombas. <laughs> I really liked Dennis Hopper's like, oh look, a monkey. Art, five stars. <laughs> he looked at Hitman from 2007, saw that bold head and said, three stars, three stars. Saw the game, not art, not art. That Rube, uh, Rube Goldberg machine? <laughs> no. I mean, sure. It's those, I'm sure the games tell an interesting, nuanced, complicated story over several games with interesting gameplay to match that complements the storytelling not art not art not art yeah, any any fucking idiot could do that any fucking idiot could make a game you know like like i bet you know roger ebert he was sitting there he saw pac-man once and he went not art 
and Pac-Man went waka waka waka. And he's like, no, 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 not in my, not in my movies. Not even language, not even linguistics, Pac-Man. Baby's Day Out, five stars. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't like Baby. No, that was Cisco. Cisco, he knew that video games were arts. But he died too early to become a hero. Did you know Cisco's ghost is actually now reincarnated as PewDiePie? <laughs> <laughs> I find it very weird that when Cisco died, PewDiePie was born. I don't know if that's true or not, but... Didn't Siskel die in the late 90s? Because he reviewed Big Daddy. I don't know that. <laughs> How old's PewDiePie? He's like in his 30s, yeah? He, well, he reviewed Baby's Day Out, which is 2000s, right? No! Wasn't it? Baby's Day Out was like Wasn't it the 90s. Wasn't it 2000? Oh, you're fucking wrong about this. I might be. You're fucking wrong about this, buddy. Okay, probably. You're fucking wrong. I'm going to come. I'll we'll have to phone it. your friend Oliver. He would know. He was on the show. He's a big baby stay out expert. Uh, he's busy now. We'd have to call Jennifer. Okay. So they gun shipped the room and then they flew away. Not to make sure that he was dead. though. They made sure he was dead. The fucking soon to be president or okay, already president. And look, this seems like such a video game moment. Where it's like you're sitting in the chair in the, you know, temple or whatever it is. Yeah, Black Panther did too. I guess this is where they copied it from. Stop spoiling Black Panther. I didn't want to know that he sat in the throne chair. I didn't even say who sat in the throne chair. Was it him? The Black Panther? It was a black guy. Wow, you see them all as the same, do you? And then plot twist, it was actually the, like, the, the sister? And you're like a sexist too. Look, uh, that movie had two great actors playing every role, and I think you should commend them. Who were? Black guy, black woman. Oh, I thought Martin Freeman does a terrible American accent in the movie, and Andy Serkis is having a fucking fun time. Andy Serkis is having a pretty great time. <laughs> Was I right about Martin Freeman doing a terrible American accent? Because he did a terrible American accent in Civil War, and I don't think it's going to improve. Who, who did Martin Freeman play? Everett Ross. CIA agent Ross. Oh. We, was he doing an American accent? That, 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 that nails it down. I would have sworn he had a British accent. Now, that explains it all. <laughs> yeah, he's doing an American accent, buddy. <laughs> That's his American accent, because he doesn't know how to do one. I could, I could swear he was just doing a straight British accent. No, hey, fun fact. I saw a movie the other week, a few weeks ago, with Martin Freeman in it, and he only did his head twitch twice in the movie. You know how Martin Freeman, like, like sticks his head out and twitches it in certain ways to emphasize, like, scenes? Like, he does it a lot. He didn't. He only did it twice in this one thing I watched, and I was like, "Oh, is that Martin Freeman? I don't know if it is." And, and then I looked at the credits, said Martin Freeman. I'm like, I, "I guess it's him." He just didn't do. He didn't. He didn't just fucking twitch his head all the time, so I couldn't tell. I love when you get to know actors' mannerisms, and it's like, as actors ourselves, you can kind of like figure out actors' little tricks that they do like that. And then there are the great actors like Daniel Day Lewis, where. Since he does film so infrequently, you can't figure out his tricks. Yeah, and then there's like entry level, like oh, Christopher Walken. Hey, wow, he does lots. He has so many. That's why he's a very good entry level. Like, yeah, find as many as you can. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like you could nail it easy, and then you have like the harder ones, like Steve Buscemi, 
where it's like if he's in an Adam Sandler movie, the checklist is long and and plentiful. But when he's in like a Coen Brothers movie or anything else, it's like okay. Chris Walken might play a good teabag. Yes, I reckon if you had to recast teabag, I would cast Willem Dafoe, <laughs> and he would just be like, "Hey, I'm Oscar nominated for a film. Leave me alone." Uh, would you? still say that these actors that you are nominating for T-Bag look like a Theodore Bagwell? Willem Dafoe looks like a Theodore Bagwell. He also looks like a Willem Dafoe, which also sounds like a name that doesn't exist. Not as much as, what was the name before? Wentworth Miller? That really yeah. does sound like a name the actor made up. I, I It sounds like a TV show set in a location. Well, there is a We're show going called... to Wentworth Miller. Well, there is a show called Wentworth. I know there is. But I heard of the actor first, so I was like, oh, that's like Wentworth Miller. Oh, look, the film's tied up to the beginning. Oh, Wentworth Miller's gay, apparently, in real life. Really? Yeah. Was Wentworth Miller the one who randomly became a homeless man and disappeared for a period of time, and people were really worried about him, and they kept, like, TMZ kept finding him jogging? In the same, like, decrepit clothes. And I people were like, oh, is he okay? I wouldn't have a clue. I know he played a minor character in the first Underworld. Ooh. Oh, was that a minor I just character, actually? Referenced Underworld a moment ago with yeah. Underworld Blood Wars. He played, like, a medical person of some description. I don't know. I've watched the first three Underworld movies for some reason. Don't know why. I actually do know why. I just don't want to share the embarrassment. Okay, I'll share the embarrassment. A friend of mine who I trusted said, Hey, Ryan, you, like... You like good movies? You should check these out. Now, the first one starts a bit slow, but the second one and the third one really make it worth watching that first one for. And I went, okay. And I watched the first one. Yeah, this is cheesy, schlock, fun. Michael Sheen's in it, and I love Michael Sheen. And then the second one was garbage. Pure garbage. And then the third one was decent enough because it was just nothing but Michael Sheen. But it was garbage as well. And then I threw the DVD at my friend when I got to school and said, I trusted you. I trusted you. And that's all I said. That was my review of the films, Underworld, was I trusted you in a disappointed tone. Bartek. Yeah, and you can even say it's me. What's a film or even a video game, to be relevant, that you've been given and or recommended to watch by someone you've, you, you've trusted, and it's, it's been absolute garbage? Um, Film or video game that I've been lent that I thought was garbage? Yeah, or, like, or recommended to go see. Like, someone's like, yeah, this is really good. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you thought, no. Because that was mine, Underworld movies. Mm. They're like, I trusted that person. I didn't hate it. But my friend, he lent me all three fables. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I played the first one for, like, a day. And I, you know, put in quite a bit of hours into it in that one day. But I just eventually lost interest. Mm. Like, I'd heard a bunch of good things about it from him, from Zero Punctuation, and even yourself now. But Yeah, I, I think the first fable, the first two fable games have the best story in it, storylines. Mm. The first one in particular, because I like the villain, Jack of Blades, with the mask. He's cool. Uh, yeah, that's the most recent example I can think of. Um, I feel like there is something that I've been lent that I wasn't into, but I just can't put my finger on it. Mm. 
I mean, I've been lent lots of things that I didn't like, but I could appreciate them still. Like, I go, mm. I understand why this person has given me this and when you might like this, or you would find something worth value in there. But there are those ones where I've been given and I'm like, why do you think this of me? <laughs> like, so many times I've had people come up to me and say, like, oh, have you like Adam Sandler? And I'm like, why do you say this about me? I mean, technically I do, I guess. I mean, we all technically like an Adam Sandler. Oh, Vin Diesel was an executive producer on this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess by just the sheer amount of content Adam Sandler has produced, there's just one that you can say you like and that by default makes you like Adam Sandler on a level. But like, there are a few like of him. Like, I don't know. I've never really cared about Happy Gilmore. Like, I know everyone loves Happy Gilmore, but that I preferred Billy Madison. Seen, yeah, same. I've only seen Happy Gilmore once. I need to see it again sometime. I liked Click for the most part. I think it cops out. I think it has a few too many Adam Sandler-y moments in it that weakens it. But in terms of, like, an Adam Sandler movie, it actually has some good dramatic weight that it pisses away at the end. Uh, and uh, I like the Adam Sandler movies where they're not with him at the helm of them. With his, like, in someone else's movie, like... A Paul Thomas Anderson movie, Punch Drunk Love, or one recently that's on Netflix called the 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 Meyerowitz stories. He's really he's really good Big in that. Stan. So if I had to review <laughs> this movie, <laughs> you do. Um, Hitman from two thousand seven, starring Timothy Oliphant or Oliphant, whichever one. Tim, contact me. Tim Elephant. He does kind of... If anyone had to play Baba, it would be Tim. <laughs> um, I actually really enjoyed this movie. You know, out of the three we've done so far, Max Payne is my favourite out of the lot. And I've... Look, Doom, Max Payne, and this... I would say I'm I, I'm not a, a player of any of those games. Like, Doom is the one I've played the most, but in terms of, like, an arcade game sense... But Ryan, this film was graphic sense, designed by Batmanu. Good. Um, I'm not the biggest avid... Like, the video games I play aren't the ones that get made into movies. Uh, I enjoyed this, though. I thought the intrigue was interesting. I like that we didn't get a lot of the answers. I felt like, you know, even though this didn't get made into a sequel, I felt like the vagueness of it really added to the atmosphere of the world that the Hitman inhabits. This world of espionage, intrigue, murder, deception... I did enjoy the action. Like Bartek mentioned, the action is just really fun in this movie. I did prefer the action in Max Payne just because it felt more, like, stylized. But, again, you didn't get as much of it as you do in this movie. But So this movie does have the benefit of having the action is more prevalent. And you just got, like, the the, the actors in it. The, the Interpol agent, the, you know, Hitman, a uh, lead woman, the, you know, teabag. Everyone's just having a good, solid time. Wasn't, unlike Max Payne and Doom, I didn't feel like they were looking into the camera kind of like, huh, this, this is me, I'm having a fun time. I just felt like they really inhabited the characters that they were supposed to be and the world of the games even though I've never played the games. But I could feel the world of those games seeping through into this film. If I have to give this film a rating, I'd give it a T-Bagarelli out of Brava. 
Congratulations, I was, Hitman. Congratulations. I was going to do, like, if you forgot the rating, I was going to do the Bravo out of Bravo. <laughs> but you remembered good, Ryan. I remembered and I manipulated it so I can reference T Bagarelli. <laughs> I'll, then I'll give it a Theodore out of a Bravo. <laughs> you should. All right. This film definitely did have a lot more, you know, action in it, a lot more fast-paced action. The plot was a bit more vague to understand, and I have heard that it isn't too accurate to the video games, and yet I think it is my favourite that we've done so far of the video game month. Take that, Max. Take that, Max. Take that, Doom. Take that, uh, Baby's Day Out. (laughs) Baby's Day Out, my favourite video game adaptation that we did this month. I think that this film is really good primarily for its action. Hmm. Now, a lot of people, when they say, oh, I want to watch a good action film, they would turn to the big names like Sylvester Stallone, to Arnold Schwarzenegger, to Reb Brown. Vin Diesel. To Vin Diesel, who I did hear rumour that he executive produced this movie. I I heard that too. I shared that rumour. Yes, he worked hard with Batmanu, the graphic designer. Um, (laughs) It's a film where you really get the sense of what a cold-blooded killer is, but not necessarily a bad guy. Hmm. It's you, you always imagine like oh if I was a badass killer I would like not have emotions I would kill people and not think twice about it well this film does that and I think we need to all give Timothy oh I almost called him Timmy but that would kind of ruin Timmy <laughs> we have to give Timmy <laughs> a round of applause for his for his portrayal of Agent number 47. I really would have loved the character of Timmy from uh, South Park to play Agent 47. <laughs> well, South Park will do it eventually. Timmy! It'll be their season finale, or series finale. It will be actually, yeah, the series, the, the, the last episode ever of South Park. Well, they want to end it with a movie. Like, if there's going to be a second movie, they want it to be the last thing ever. And that will happen in 30 years time from now? Yeah. Good. When, uh, when, when some of the voice actors are dead and, like, all the you mean when Trey and gone. Matt are dead because they're the only <laughs> voice actors, really? Yeah. And, oh, and the guy that does Butters. Oh, yeah. Is that all them? Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, Hitman. South Park. The Stick of Truth. Five out of five. I was trying to remember the name. Bigger, Longer, Uncut. Five out of five. Oh. Uh, this film, Hitman, I think it's a really good watch. I think that it's the first time in a while that I've been able to watch an action film enjoy it almost primarily for the action the plot definitely a bit confusing but isn't it a thing that the confusing plots are the ones that require the most thinking power and i think that if you think you'll get better at think (laughs) i think right i guess so if i had to give this film a rating i would give it a bravo hit. Oh, boom! Right in the jugular vein. Also, the listening people couldn't tell, but I gave the microphone a thumbs up. Uh, I, I want to share a fact before you, you say this. Um, you know the Polish word for fact is fucked. I know that now. Yes. Um, this is a, an assassin-related uh, 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 um, fact. 
Yeah. You know why you would cut someone from ear to ear? Is this like a joke? No, this is a true thing. Okay, why? So, when you slit someone's throat, it's better to cut them from ear to ear because it'll reduce the amount of noise they make because they're also drowning on their own blood and is incapable of screaming. But if you just cut their throat, they're capable of doing that. They can also do, like, that gurgle thing. Yeah, I mean, they're going to still gurgle, but, like, yeah, they can't scream as well because they're drowning on their own blood. I thought that would be a fun fact to share in our movie about killing. Should I give a fun fact about assassins? Go on! You don't want me to say it? Go on! One of my favourite video games involves assassins. GTA. Well, no. Grand Theft Assassins. You don't really play assassins in GTA. I mean, you you kill people, you assassinate them for but, money. But yeah, but you're not an assassin necessarily. Okay, well, you're more of a hitman, I guess. What's the difference? I feel like an assassin is more of an ideological thing, and a hitman's more of like a just you know does it for the cash, I guess. I guess. Indifferent. I mean, yeah, I guess Lee Harvey Oswald, assassin. Me, hitman. Uh, the game that I was alluding to is the two games on the Wii called No More Heroes, where it's a bunch of assassins fighting each other to become the number one assassin. Ah, oh, good. A lot of fun, a lot of high-paced action. But you know what else is also fun and high-paced? My heart rate, which is very worrisome. The YouTube. Oh. I have comments, Ryan, from good. YouTube about... Guess what it's about? Oh, 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 shit, shit. Um... Is it about Mortal Kombat? I'll give you a hint, Ryan. Hitman. Oh, Mortal Kombat. Hitman. Annihilation. No, Hitman-chan. Oh, that changes it completely. Yes, the first comment is, my favourite move is double punch. <laughs> no, that's not true. That's a joke. Oh. Oh, uh, I actually thought that was a comment. No. <laughs> from YouTube, like, my favourite move is double punch. <laughs> no, I don't even know if that is a Pokemon move. Anyway, the first comment for Hitman, the 2007 film, which, in case you didn't know, that's the movie we were talking about this episode and nothing else, is, had a big crush on Timothy after watching this movie. I did too, Sweeney. And the response is, gay. Oh, I did too, mister. It's gay with two Ys. Oh, I did too, sir. Well, double Y is... Two Ys. Anyway, the next (laughs) comment is, best Hitman movie, hands down. Yeah, and yeah. the first response is "Damn right!" in all caps, one exclamation, and without the "n" in "damn." <laughs> Good, they meant like the the, the body of yeah. water. Well, well, the thing stopping the body of water yeah. from being another body. And there's a response to that: there are only two of M, so yeah, not hard to choose. This person really didn't get the whole idea of you know you. How many does it take for it to be hard to choose for this person? You know, like three? Is that th- when? I reckon three would be a good one. Yeah, well, I'm Because then you'd be like, I like Back to the Future 3. And then you'd be like, what? But that one didn't have any future repercussions. I like two the best. Like two? But where's the story? I like three a lot because it's just cheesy. I like two. I know you do. Because you're a Biff man. Go on. Shut up, butthead. Anyway, the next comment is... Oh, this is a sad one. Oh. Man, my uncle loved this game. He died six days before the movie came out. R.I.P. Oh, I got some... Is that any follow-up comment for that? No. I have one. Yeah? You know, I'm, I'm glad your uncle, you said, loved the game. 
He didn't get to see the movie because he died six days, he said, yep. before it came out. But he died playing Hitman because he got assassinated by a Hitman. And I guess, really, that's just life. You know, right? I lied. There was a response, and it's that exact thing. And from me. Yes. The next comment is, I have to say, this one has a much better, and they capitalized much and better, storyline than the new one. Sure, it didn't have that much weapons and cool effects as the new one, but in a way, everything fit properly. Maybe I just expected a lot more from the new version, but this one still wins to me. So we're seeing a lot of people who really like the original more than the second one. Like this one here. Clearly they did like the first one, but they are eager for some more because they commented, When release Hitman 2! I think this great movie must have two and still Timothy the actor. You're damn right. I don't know what he said, but you're damn right. Yeah, like, do you like Timothy the actor? My favourite. Good, because the next comment is, I even liked this actor best. Take that, Rupert friend. Yes, I even like this actor best. <clears throat> the next comment is... <laughs> the next comment is, I agree. And the response is, <laughs> with what? And the, and the original commenter's response is, in my opinion, I think this is a better movie than the second. Oh, I'm glad they clarified it for someone online. Mm-hmm. It's like they bait and switch them. It's like, oh, you, you, I just want you to ask me what I agree with. It's a trap. And the answer is, he agrees with himself. The next comment is, the sad part is I can't find this movie on Netflix. Can you believe it, Ryan? I can, because I looked too, buddy. The response is, the funny thing is, it's on the Pirate Bay. Kitties need a pirate or the world doesn't go around. Okay. It doesn't go around. It doesn't go around, dear. Fourth last comment. You see this, kids? This <laughs> is the original Hitman. The best action movie. And then they added a flexing muscles emote. <laughs> The best action movie. Alright, third last comment. This movie looks like a... Sorry, sorry. This movie looks like the bunch of weird hybrid mumbo-jumbo that Holly Weird over-utilizes when it's trying to make a movie that's supposedly deep. Instead of coming off as deep or compelling, it always comes off as confused nonsense with its hyper-exploitation of religious symbolism, overstyled sex, and super-glorified violence. Yawn. Fail. Fail. The fail. comment fails, right? Fail! Even Ebert liked it. And he was a fucking hack, so what does that make you, sweetheart? The second last comment is Stealth, 1 out of 10 Aggression, 10 out of 10 He is playing at normal difficult high Noob Oh, the noob spelled with zeros instead of O's Because it's, cool. yeah, it's, it's, it's the internet We speak funny on the internet Yeah, that's why he spelled it difficult tie. And the final comment is It was at comments 47 Wow, I'm the 48th comment And they fucking ruined it they you really fucking ruined it by being the 48th comment. They should have left it. 
at 47 comments so then everyone would be in unison of being like get it Agent 47. I guess they were thinking like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll be 48 a bigger number. I, no, I think they were thinking, oh, I'll be the fucking cunt to break this. <laughs> They're like, I'll be the one to ruin this. <laughs> like they cracked their knuckles and went, they woke up in the morning. It was like, huh, what can I ruin today? Oh, look, this has 47 comments. Get it, Agent 47. My time to shine, mum. The greatest thing about pure things is corrupting them. Yep. Yeah. Just yeah. like this podcast. Do you want to corrupt us? You can. How, you know, Ryan? You just, you know, you just put Spin Polish Presents into any search engine and you'll find us. You know, we're on iTunes, Podbean, Facebook, YouTube, and other various podcast hosting platforms. You can follow our amazing content if you want to, you know, drop some support, you know, leave a comment below, give us a rating, or just say... To your friends, have you heard about this sh- this podcast called Spit and Polish Presents? They're amazing. They're like my favorite podcast. You know, my favorite podcast is actually, and then you say what your actual favorite podcast is. But we know that we're actually your favorite podcast. You're just, you're just underselling us a bit so that your friends are interested more. Because there's nothing more pathetic than and saying... Overhyping. Than overhyping and overselling and also being like, You're my favorite! You gotta listen to them! They're like, Wolves! And then you like listen to it. Then they listen to like one of our dud episodes. Because, you know, every, every, everything has a dud in their mix. You know, even Breaking Bad had a dud episode. You know which episode if you're a Breaking Bad fan. You know the one. And, uh, you know, we have a dud or two in our mix, but hey, hey, you know. Why don't you tell the listening people which ones they are so they won't listen to it? Yeah, um, 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 well, there's quite a lot of episodes to list, Bartek. Because <laughs> we've done like 98 episodes at the moment. I can't list all 98. There's Hitman. There's... There's Big Max fat, Payne, Doom, <laughs> and just list them all. Um, you guys, as Flip always, is an awful one. Don't listen to it. <laughs> you liar. You guys have always been those fantastic, amazing listening people. We have been happy to be talking to you and talking about the amazing film. Bartek, could you tell the audience what they need to remember? Audience, you got to remember two things in life that is to always be kind to each other and always laugh at my jokes if you tune in next week I'll tell one about leprechauns and an Irish priest you better I'm holding you to that I tell it now but I can't remember the setup (laughs) this episode is the setup (laughs) I know like the beginning and the punchline and you're the punchline. I'm not the punchline. Don't hit me, Bartek. You swore that you wouldn't. The punchline involves one of the leprechauns laughing. Also, by the way, um, Bartek, you're, you're, you're now promoted to diplomat of unappreciated masterpieces. Oh, sick, really? Yeah, sick fully, boy. Wowzers. Fuck! Oh, game over. <laughs>